0: Podcast. I've just got a bowl of
1: Coke here, so
0: it's very good. very tasty. I've
1: never heard of canned coffee. <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't know much about coffee, and I also don't know too much about my current guest, but I'm going to find out more today here on No Rogues Bar. I am your host, Scott McLeod, back here once again on the Rogue Opinions podcasting feed. Just going a little old school with Andrew. Just keep talking as you're recording, and then just jump into the intro when you feel like it a classic A-team strategy. But we're back with No Rogues Bar. This case, kind of semi-regular show where I chat to people with their rogue opinions in the world of podcasting or just anybody I feel like talking to to, you know, to understand what makes them tick and how can I figure out how to break them. How to break them, <laughs> maybe to maybe break them huh? <laughs> Not immediately, just, you know, I
0: just learn people's weaknesses. Just <laughs> Just in case, here's a list of my school schedule and a list of my fears. You know, not for me,
1: it's like in that Justice League movie where Batman secretly had all those files and how to kill everyone and then
0: they got stolen. Oh yeah, is that a Justice League war? I think it is. I think it was like Doom or something. Doom, it's- yeah, it's one of those one named one. Anyway, hi everybody, before we get too far into this. I'm Jim, you know me as the American, uh, the guy who just comes back sort of whenever he wants and does what he wants. I'm like Brock Lesnar um and yeah i'm, I'm interested I'm, I'm interested to get to get real i got my coffee my canned coffee ucc coffee if you guys have it over there in the uk go like seek it out it's delicious
1: yeah i wasn't intending to start the show like that but you started as i was regarding talking about coffee so i was like a one for old time's sake you know
0: Yeah, I mean, it's better than the stuff we normally talk about, especially when Nathan's on these calls and we have to go, Okay, we got to start recording any second. So let's not say this thing. (laughs) Let's save the let's save the horrendous shit for the podcast, please.
1: Oh, yeah, we still said our fair share of horrendous shit before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. the horrendous shit that we knew we couldn't be recording during uh, was still funnier than half the shit we would say when we actually recorded
0: yeah it, there, there's always that point in the uh the calls when we're the three of us um will just be like shooting the shit for a few like maybe 10 15 minutes and inevitably one of the three of us goes guys we should be saving this for the show let's hit record and then we hit record do an intro and then it's like oh yeah what was that thing we were just talking about off air i don't remember
1: <laughs> yeah we've already said the thing we, we needed to say about it like as usually nathan so we start recording, and I was like, "Do we really need to?" <laughs> we <We're> basically <laughs> we're there's very little difference between the conversations between the three of us when we are recording and when we're not recording.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think the only difference is somebody has forgotten to hit the record button on on the on our platform of choice when we do these meetings.
1: Yeah, let as I said, uh, let's give a. Kind of an interview still, show, but it's also kind of just a chat. I'm trying to keep it casual, you know. You know, trying to get to know people and as part of the team. I've been trying to get this one with
0: you done for a, a year. year. It, yeah, it's been a long time. I did for for those who don't know. I mean, you know, this is like a, a like a little chat, uh, little thing. I took like a like a extended hiatus from um, podcasting. I had a lot of stuff going on uh, personally, and uh, I was getting more into the pro wrestling. Uh, thing and I was making a couple short films so I had a, I had a lot going on and unfortunately uh, Rogue Opinions was that thing that I was like something has to take a back seat for a minute and unfortunately it was this it wasn't for any reason that I didn't like talking to you guys I missed you guys like crazy and um, it just ended up being that this was the one thing I just simply didn't have the bandwidth for um uh, at the moment and it worked out like I have a better job now uh wrestling is going really well we hit uh pro wrestling magic has hit sort of a uh, like a nice little stride again going into our, our two uh be- like last shows of the year um the writing and filming of stuff has started to uh wane uh as we begin to like ramp up uh some other stuff that we have coming down the pipe um and now I was finally able to just... I mean here we sit. I mean me go behind the scenes a little. Here we sit. It's in America. It's Thanksgiving. So like all I have to do today is drink and eat food. So I knew that I had to, you know, fit this podcast in. I originally I had like two other podcasts to do today. Those you know about one of them. The other one I don't really want to talk about yet because it's not until and now it won't be till next month, but uh it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. I'll tell you about it off air Scott. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay for that. Once again you'll hear something even better there'll be something even better off there than whatever it is we talk about here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get into all the stuff that you were like doing when you when you weren't around and like some other stuff that you've been involved in, in a little bit, but I thought I had to start this show off with a question of utmost importance. A question I think people have been waiting to hear since the very f- beginning of your time here at Roger Pines. Just how big of a thing was Counter Strike when you were a kid?
0: Oh man, yeah. CS uh, Counter Strike 1.6 and Source back in the early to mid 2000s was gigantic. Like, I mean, there was a uh, there was a, uh, an online cafe, like an internet cafe, like right on the other side of town where I was growing up, and they handed you like these little like key cards where you put it in, you put some money on it. And then you put it in a computer, and you just had time to use it, and they had all these games installed. And the first game that really, like, besides Diablo 2, this is me dating myself incredibly, but, like, Diablo 2 and Jedi Outcast and stuff like that, the game that everybody was playing at the same time, it seemed to be, was uh, Counter-Strike 1.6. And that is, like, the, you know, the pinnacle of, like, Online gaming really first started taking off with like Steam, and you would just play as terrorists and counter-terrorists. I don't know if you've ever played it, Scott, but um, uh, no, yeah, and you just like one team had to set the bomb, and one team had to try and stop the team uh, from setting the bomb. And if they did set it, you had to dis- uh, disable it. Um, and it was just fun, typical team deathmatch stuff, and uh, it was really big, at least in my. In my town and like the surrounding towns in my friend group, like it was a big deal in the early in the early 2000s. And that's where I got my my old sign off. Uh, Mr. Right. M.R.I. Zero T because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. It was all because everybody's screen names was all in like that leet speak or, uh, you know, like they would replace like a letter with a number that looks like the letter, you know, like a three for an E or whatever, or a four for an A. And it was always just like that. And that was a big deal when I was a kid.
1: Was that basically the next step up from like having your last name be with a Z or putting extreme with just an X? That kind
0: of. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was a bunch of like 90s kids who were like 12 and 13 now in the early 2000s. And they were like, yo, this shit's fucking dope, dude. This shit's fucking leap, bro. Um, And like all of like, even when I game today, like I still game not nearly as much, but I game uh, like a little bit. And I still just always remember. Sitting down at, I think it was Logon was the name of the, the cafe when I was around, uh, when I was like playing at, at the, when those things were still like viable, they're not viable anymore because now for, you know, $1,500, you can build yourself a really, really like ridiculously good gaming laptop or a gaming computer and you don't have to go out and spend $30 on, you know, six hours at a place. And now that place is a uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah,
1: I so, yeah, just whatever that joke was like fifty percent callback, fifty percent what is actually counter strike. Because I vaguely knew it was a game, but
0: <laughs> it I've really it. was. It really was. It's all true.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm very much sick like, of and novice when it comes to the game. I think the last game I properly uh, got into was like the Miles Morales game that came out. I don't want to say last year, but it could have been this year. Like time is a flat circle.
0: It was uh, last year. It was still during the uh, like the throes of the pandemic. Like. I mean, granted, it's still going on, but like when lockdown was still a thing, I think that's when it first came out. Yeah,
1: like I think in like 2020, I finally, a couple years later, I finally got the first one, the PS4 Spider Man game. And I had a few months before I got the job I'm in now, and during lockdown, I had nowhere to go. So I played a fuckload of Spider Man on the PlayStation during the pandemic. I did try and play Jedi Fallen Order, but for whatever reason, my Two levels in my PlayStation, say just to reject the copy I had, so I've not been able to progress any further.
0: Uh, oh, that game is awesome, though. Too, I mean, the Spider-Man game, the both of those Spider-Man games are amazing. I mean, they're they're what if the Arkham games continued to go, like they m- kept making the Arkham games. I'm assuming that's what the Arkham games would have turned into, and not Gotham Knights, which is <laughs> not great. Um. But the initial release date for Miles Morales was November 12th, 2020. So it's actually two years old, that game.
1: I think I waited a little while because like, I was trying to find copies of it with PS4 because I don't game enough to justify moving from my PS4 to PS5 just yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am the same way. I have a, a PS4 and an Xbox One but they serve me just fine and I don't need the little mini fridge or, and I don't need the fucking like the Citadel tower. That is a fucking PlayStation five. Um, I, I, I can't justify spending that kind of money on one yet, but I definitely want to, at some point I just, I have my PS4. I haven't really used it in like a year. My roommate uses it for everything. It's sitting in the living room. I never get to use it, but, um, that's, you know, that's, it's neither here nor there, but I just play my Xbox all the time because Game Pass is a thing and Game Pass is fucking awesome. I spent the entire pandemic playing the Yakuza series and oh my God, that those games. Nice.
1: <laughs> but uh, I talked about, you know, Counter-Strike when you're a kid and, and playing that game, but, you know, everybody knows the main reason you and I are here and Rogan Pains is that you know, mainly for diversity reasons, we need people who aren't from England. Otherwise, just becomes boring. You need they need to add some variety,
0: so they put a Scotsman and an American in there. <laughs> I <laughs> I genuinely never thought of it as a as a white male living in America that I'd be filling some sort of like diversity box. But you know, here we are on Rogue Opinion celebrating all different kinds of cultures and. You know, things like that. I mean, we're really moving the podcasting page forward, Scott. I think that's what we're here for.
1: I mean, or maybe that. Maybe it's just the English mindset that Nathan has. He, th- he, he sees Scottish people as a minority, so that's why he has me here. But you guys are a savage but noble breed. <laughs> I, I've learned to handle tools like the internet and
0: press the record buttons. It's amazing. What <laughs> yes. You and your dirt hut. With like your with your like chickens everywhere, I assume.
1: I mean, just a very close to the the router made from bricks.
0: Yes, it's just a a haphazardly thrown together router in the corner of your hut.
1: But uh I'm going to give it, if you could give us kind of an insight, you know, into you know growing up in you know, your area of like New Jersey, because I don't I didn't I don't tend to meet a lot of people before I met you, kind of you know from your side of the of the world.
0: Um, I mean, all right, so I live, I was born and was, and raised in Bergen County, New Jersey. It's like a stone's throw from Manhattan. Like literally we are right my hometown is right on the water, uh, of the Hudson river, like on top of a cliff. And it is just all you see all the time is the New York city skyline and it is beautiful. um, it's just it's it's like one of those things where like people who come into the city for the first time they uh they go oh it's so beautiful and then if you ask anybody over here you're like yeah i know it's it's the fucking chrysler building i i get it oh yeah that's the empire state building oh it's it's blue tonight cool uh it's just because you're over here so much and uh well i mean it is it is everything that you think it is like we're all just like oh hey fuck you dude you know, it's it's a lot of that. I mean, growing up in the northeast of the United States it is exactly what it seems like, where everybody is busting each other's balls constantly. Uh, that I mean, that's how we all get along. Like, I've said the most horrendous things to my best friends, and it constantly is like that. Like, and that's how, you know, like if, if I were to go to the bar tonight and. I ran into one of my friends, and he wasn't immediately like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? What are the what the fuck is going on over here? I would immediately be like, hey, dude, what's wrong? Are you alright? Like, what, you're not busting my balls yet. Is, is everything alright? Did you get fired? Did, did your parents die? Like, what happened? And he'd be like, <laughs> nah, man. Fuck yourself. But no, it is it is very much like that. Uh, people are very close to each other, uh, both in space and like in proximity to one another and in like emotion, or they hate each other, and they don't want to like they. You actively don't exist to them, so it's there's no middle ground where I grew up. It's either you fucking love somebody or you fucking hate somebody, and that's pretty much it.
1: Well, enough sounds a lot like Scotland as well. There, <laughs> there's a lot of there's very little <laughs> room for middle ground here. We we can be an aggressive people over here, you know. I'm, I'm I'm from a place where being called a cunt can sometimes be a compliment.
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's like directly like part of the normal vernacular over yeah. there. Like if you said cunt in some circles in like my neck of the woods or in anywhere in America, they think that you literally just ran over their cat. Like <laughs> they act like it is the worst fucking word they've ever heard before. They'll say fuck. They'll say asshole. They'll say shit. But if somebody calls somebody a cunt, especially if it's a whim- a woman, a woman will be like, what the fuck, did you just say to me right now? And you're like, oh, cunt, just calm down, (laughs) fuck you. Like, you know, and to me, because I listen to Bill Burr a lot, and Bill Burr says cunt, like, all the time. Um, So to me, it's like, I'm desensitized to it, but then I'll say it, and sometimes people will be like, whoa, dude. And it's like, you were just using the N-word five minutes ago. What are you talking whoa for? Like, oh, I said cunt? That's the fucking problem? Fuck you, cunt. Like, get out of my face.
1: i remember billy conley years ago was talking about you know how shocked people LA america get when they say they were cuntibase. like they, they, they recoil when you say gun yet yeah, they
0: take to the word motherfucker like nobody's business well to be fair motherfucker is just a great hurt a great cuss word like it it's so versatile you know you could stub your toe and go motherfucker or you could be like yo what up motherfucker how's it going that's literally, like, it runs the gamut of things. I go to work and this this girl, Hannah, I work with, I regularly forget her name because when we first see each other when I get into work, we're just like, yo, what up, motherfucker? How's it going? <laughs> That's literally what happens every time. And I was halfway across the store one time and I had to ask her a question. And I almost went, yo, motherfucker, like that, uh, across the store, but I couldn't do it because I was like, <laughs> oh, somebody's going to get me in a lot of trouble if I do this. <laughs>
1: Talking one thing about you that everybody knows I've been listening to for a long time is obviously your involvement in the world of wrestling with uh, with Pro Wrestling Magic right there in, in New Jersey. So, because I think we've talked to a lot of people from Pro Wrestling Magic and how they got involved in it uh, last year when we had some of the guys on like Shane, uh, Maryland's Monster, people like that. But talk to me about how you kind of got involved, you know, like, had you always wanted to involved in wrestling in some way or another either as a commentator or did you even at one point think maybe I could be a wrestler
0: um okay so I started watching wrestling I think in 95 or 96 I was 5 or 6 years old um and I took to it immediately I loved the spectacle of it I loved the characters I loved especially the in ring work and when I found myself especially when I was watching ECW back in like 97, 98, 99. I gravitated a lot to Joey Styles and his calling of the shows. And I learned a lot of wrestling move names from watching uh, ECW back in the late 90s. And I always really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, I grew up listening to like talk radio. I just always loved listening to people talk. So flash forward uh, to about... 2016 I want to say maybe 20 no 2016 2017 my buddy uh Scotty Ceridi uh shout out to Scotty he uh still works in the world of uh professional wrestling uh and we had a podcast together because I was living in South Jersey and he was living in North Jersey uh and we were like oh we don't get to hang out as much let's just start a podcast let's talk about wrestling let's talk about everything let's just like do what we want to do essentially what we do here but just it was just me and him and maybe one or two other people every once in a while but uh we did that for a little while that was the moves crew podcast um and one day when we were recording i think we were going to talk about smackdown or something that week we were getting ready to record and he you know he just called me and he was like hey listen so um pro wrestling magic the i ring announced for them and i was like yeah no i've been to a bunch of the shows i know the guy who owns it like i went to high school with him and everything and he uh he had asked if um scott knew anybody to do commentary with him and he asked me to do commentary and i was like i don't know i never really i never really like pictured doing that um it just it didn't it seemed really off and weird to me um but uh, eventually he convinced me he's like oh just come up hang out and you know we'll just shoot the show it'll just be like us sitting down watching a wrestling show when we're at my house watching a pay-per-view I was like all right well if that's the way we're going to do it fine um so a couple weeks later he comes down he picks me up we go up to back up here to go see pro wrestling magic and we set we sit down in front of a little recorder that my buddy Danny Walsh cuz that's how they were recording commentary at the time believe it or not Danny would shoot the show and he would just leave like a little like like a pocket recorder like a dictaphone almost like at the table and me and Scott would just yell at this dictaphone. And then he would take that audio and put it over the show. Luckily we have an actual production team now, which is very nice. Uh, we have monitors and everything, but, uh, ever since that first show, uh, in 2016, 2017, somewhere. And I don't remember which show it was cause I've done so many at this point. Um, uh, I just I haven't I haven't walked away from it, and since then I've been on pay per view every month. I I've called matches in West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I currently work with Pro Wrestling Magic every month, and I'm working on something in Brooklyn hopefully soon. Um, and it just sort of took off, and it never went away. So yeah, at first like I wasn't particularly into it, but then I got into I got the wrestling bug again. I mean, cause I did do, um, backyard wrestling a lot as a kid. I mean, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this did do. Uh, and I got knocked around a whole bunch and, uh, eventually I was just like, Hey, I don't like landing on my back and my head all the time. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to talk about the people who do.
1: Oh, I had some more questions. But I imagine it get to good to amend, but I want to go back to the backyard wrestling thing here. <laughs> okay. We, we were that's like, what was you guys' uh, like setup? Was like a trampoline or something? Or was there something like make makeshift thing that you guys were basically ignoring the rules that we all ignore when they tell you don't try this at home? Uh,
0: no, so it wasn't a trampoline because that sounded foolish to us. Um, <laughs> but what we did do was a couple of my friends stole like a couple of those blue mats that they have like in gym, like in gym class like those thin blue mats. I don't know if you guys have them, but they're these thin blue, yep. like rubber padded mats. And they, a couple of my friends that were running a backyard wrestling promotion at the time, just like stole a few and we would put those down on the the ground in a backyard and we would run wrestling shows. Like there were story. I mean, when, when I was with um my friends who were doing Jersey wrestling Alliance, JWA at the time, we did like storylines. I played, uh, a British character named William Nigel Liverpool. Uh, because I loved Steve Regal and William Regal so much, so I just copied that for a little while. Sorry, William Nigel Liverpool. That was the name of the character that I had I had come up with. Yes.
1: Jesus was the name English make like English face taken.
0: <laughs> no, that sounded absurd. Scott, come on. Um, oh, I think. He- but then that all changed when I decided I didn't want to do the horrible British accent that I was doing anymore. Um, so I was doing Jimmy Riot, the, ca- the character I still play in Pro Wrestling Magic. Jimmy Riot was a character that my buddy Corey and I had come up with because um, we were backyard wrestling at the time, and we we both just like loved like punk rock music, and we were like we were like classic crust punk kids, like we just. Listened to punk rock music all the time. Went to shows, so we decided to make that our characters, and we were the Riot Brothers. And then, of course, we had that big blow off match where we fu- faced each other. That's a whole nother story because he never pulled his punches. So I told him that if he st- if he doesn't stop tagging me, I was going to light him up. And one point he he hit me again, and we just started like beating the shit out of each other. Uh, and yeah, and so since then I've just played jimmy riot uh i dropped the william nigel liverpool character turned it into like some ploy that jimmy riot had come up with to try and get into wrestling and whatnot and now i'm a commentator so it's pretty nice
1: <laughs> in terms of offensive and how terrible an accent is from one to not at all to tend to no one should ever hear this whereabouts on that scale of offensiveness is
0: your no, exactly? no one what? should ever hear it i'm so happy that none of that footage exists anymore uh like i think my buddy who was running it he did like a compilation dvd of like a bunch of the stuff that they were doing but then i think he just took it all off of youtube because i can't find it um and luckily it'll those those scenes will never see the light of day ever again um because it wasn't very good i thought it was fine at the time but No, it was not very good.
1: (laughs) So, so you guys were like properly like doing storylines, like planning stuff out ahead of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um like we had like a title belt, uh, and like there were stories, and there were different characters, and yeah, I mean everything sort of like you know made sense to us at the time, and we were not like ripping off storylines on television, but we would see the way things would go and we'd be like, oh, it would be cool if we got this guy to do this thing. And it was it was like the very early days of like really running a wrestling promotion because like it was like, oh, you're going to wrestle because we would we would film like four shows at a time. So we'd do like a month's worth of stuff and we would do a whole storyline in like two weekends and it would, you know, it wouldn't come out, but it was like, we, I mean, we had match graphics. Everything. It was, it was, it was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know what like, the mats you were talking about before because I used to do karate. I think I used to, like, we used to do it on those kind of mats, and I can, I can tell from experiences those don't offer any protection whatsoever.
0: No, they do not. I mean, I got, I don't remember what the name of the move is now, but it's like when you set somebody up for like a away slam, and you like, like. Flip them out into a urinagi or a rock bottom, uh, yeah, that kind of move. My buddy did that to me, um, it, that because that was his finisher at the time, and it was a squash match where he was just supposed to beat me. He gave me that, and I hit the mat, and it knocked me out clean. Like it, bang, knocked me out. I was out for like a minute or uh, or so, and I remember coming to. When my friend Jerry was pulling me away because they were supposed to do some sort of angle for the the like quote pay per view title match after that match, and they were pulling me away, and I opened my eyes, and Jerry just goes like, "You good, dude?" And I was like, "I uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine." He goes, "Damn, dude, you went out, huh?" And I was like, "Uh huh, I did." <laughs> yeah,
1: because like I remember with those mats, I went to karate and like. It was very much concrete underneath the like underneath the mat, so was like they were barely any protection. You might as well just have like drop people in fucking concrete with this shit. Because I was at sparring one time, in class and class. I was always nervous when I had to, whenever I got paired with a black belt or a brown belt, because I thought these guys could really fucking kill me. Then <laughs> uh, <laughs> just out of nowhere, I swing a kick. The guy grabs me, and before I know it, he sweeps me, and I just smack the the mats, and literally the air like <gasps> like I get oh, the air. Oh God. Not there me. I like I can't breathe.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, dude. It hurts, dude. It really sucks.
1: I believe that was the moment I realized I would also never be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah.
0: Eventually, like some people love it and, and which I get. I, I totally get that. Um, but for it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So how regularly when you kind of go into
1: a pro wrestling Magic shows before The stuff or in the commentary came up because i assume you went you may have went like semi-regularly if it's you know in that
0: same area where you live uh yeah so like i said like i grew up uh with uh steve off the guy who uh you know i don't know i i know i know a lot of people know it already but steve off owns per wrestling magic And um, he is a great dude. I mean, wonderful father, a really funny dude. Great to hang out with. Great to talk wrestling with. Really talented wrestler. Really good guy. And uh, I've known him since high school. And um, him and a couple of my friends had started Pro Wrestling Magic, I think, in 2015. And uh, I went to a handful of them. Like, uh, we had, uh, before I was working there, we had Cody Rhodes versus Keith Lee um we had cody Rhodes, jt dunn uh we had a lot of like names coming through there that were like fun to go see i mean it it was just like a really fun place a lot of my friends actually wrestled for them as well people i grew up with and uh, i went to a handful of shows and like because i knew the wrestlers and stuff i would always hang out backstage anyway um i never really like did much uh as like sitting in the crowd or whatever like i usually just sort of like hung out with my friends. Cause like a, a lot of it was the people I grew up with would come to the shows and then some other fans. And then it just sort of spiraled out into me eventually being there every month, you know, and th- those days are long too. Like, I don't know if a, uh, a lot of people know this, but like we go live at six o'clock at night. Now East coast time on IWTV. I get there. Most shows. If Steve hears this, he's going to laugh at me, but like, I, cause he gets there first. He's the, the first guy in the building. But I've gotten there as early as 10, 11 o'clock in the morning before the ring is even set up or anything to do pre-production, to help put the card together in a certain way that makes sense, um, getting the ring set up, setting up uh, like locations and stuff for promos. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but yeah, I, to answer your question again, yeah, I used to go frequently enough. And then ever since I started working there, it's literally been every month for the last six years.
1: Nice. I remember in 2016, starting maybe 2017, when there was that GT dunn Cody Rhodes match because at that time I was heavily I got really into what culture. i mm-hmm. um, so you know Cody won the internet title and had the match with done. I'm pretty sure there was a video on what culture's channel where they they showed footage of that match because I think he was defending that belt. I remember just watching some of it and like not knowing anything about the promotion. I don't even think I I was listening when they said what the name of the company was. And then it's funny that all these years later then talked to you. And then you mentioned, oh, we had Cody Rose versus TTs. I'm like, oh, that match. I remember that match.
0: Yeah, that actually, that got us a lot of, um, Cody. Cody mentioned us on the Austin podcast, which was the craziest fucking thing that ever happened. And it was brief. Um, but he's describing like what being on the indies was like in like 2016, 2017, like that run that he had. And he said something along the lines of, you know, it, it was it was always different. Like I could be at XYZ wrestling in Arizona or Pro Wrestling Magic in New Jersey the next night, and I got so many. Th- me, uh, Steve had texted me. I mean, everybody that works with us was just like, holy shit! Did he really just say Pro Wrestling Magic? I mean who knows how many people even looked that up or whatever but it was so cool that him and his uh, him and his wife both had like such a good time uh, from what i remember they had such a good time being there that all these years later he still fondly remembers us as a good place to work or anything like that and he brought us up like on the Austin podcast which was v- so so fucking cool Cody Rhodes for president i mean he's such such a great guy <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know how I've spent a lot of time bashing Cody, especially in the latter days of his AEW run on this show. But, you know, it's amazing. Whenever remember when he went back to WWE, I liked him more in those three months before he tore his pick than three years of AEW. And I don't know what it was about that. Maybe maybe it was like stuff where he had to go on these weird storylines because he couldn't challenge for the title or whatever. But I don't think I ever got to see him when he was doing his UK run. I know he did a few shows, quite a lot of shows over here. He was a uh, they did this big theme show for a company in Scotland called Discovery, where I think they had Cody, Marty, the Bucks, and Kenny over for like a Discovery versus Bullet Club theme show. But I was on like a lot of that money that I was getting just for attending college, so like, yeah, I don't, I can't justify spending money on tickets to go see Bullet Club.
0: <laughs> I mean, that Bullet, Cl- that Bullet Club run. In, like, 2016 when they got Cody and it was the Bucks and Kenny and Marty and, like, I mean, you had, like, the original, some of the original guys still in there. And, like, that run for the Bullet Club, I think, like, really shaped what wrestling looks like now. Because, I mean, look at it. They're everywhere. You got AJ versus Finn on, on War Games coming up mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, You got um the Elite back on dynamite you know i mean i was there in the building for full gear i mean we'll discuss full full gear later in the week uh the three of us but i was there in the building when the elite came back and damn it was electric like that match was so much fun uh live and it was yes it's the stupid flippy yada 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 you know mud show fucking wrestling shit but it was a lot of fun. I hadn't seen them in a, in a while. And it was, it, you know, the old adage of how can I miss you if you never go away? Well, the Elite went away. And when they came back, they were up against a great team that they have a great rivalry with. And the ending was unpredicted, unpredictable. And it just worked that 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 night in that building. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't understand why they're doing a best of seven series <laughs> because what? I, I mean, uh, unless the death triangle sweep it, they go four four and zero, oh, and then they sweep the series, and that's it. But I don't know. I don't. Know. We'll talk about full gear another time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really lot well, I could say about that, but I'll, I'll probably save it for that. But but it came to the commentary. How nervous were you when you were getting ready to do that first show? Like you'd never done this before, and then you guys just been like thrown into this like uh, the deep end.
0: Um, okay, so the first time I did, like, are we talking the first Pro Wrestling Magic show or the first time I was live on pay-per-view? Because those are two very different experiences.
1: Let's do but well, we'll start with the first Pro Wrestling Magic show and then work our way to the other one.
0: Okay, so the first Pro Wrestling Magic show, um, that I did, I remember... Being at the building, I was luckily I was at the building early enough that I was kind of settled in. And I, I did have a beer like right before the show started. Like I had I grabbed a drink and everything. So I, I don't remember being that nervous because Scott was there with me and he just kept telling me all day, like, dude, we're just going to talk about wrestling. We're not going to be characters like you. You're going to give me shit like we do on the podcast. I'm going to give you shit. We're just going to talk about wrestling. That's it. We're going to talk about the wrestling that's happening in front of us. Just like we always do when we watch the pay-per-views. I said, okay, cool. So that first show, I remember we just had a good time and it was fun. Uh, I don't really recall being nervous because it, also it was just being recorded like it wasn't live. Yeah. I remember I, I called it live. It was live in the building, but it wasn't on pay-per-view or anything. So like I remember that helping. Um, but then the first time I called like live commentary uh like with a a production setup and on pay-per-view think that had to have been uncanny attractions drags and drop kicks 2 the night before WrestleMania that year uh yeah i think that had to have been WrestleMania and uh WrestleMania weekend when WrestleMania went back to the city uh we met life a couple years ago yeah And, uh, yeah, I called that show with, uh, Joe Deborowski from future of honor MLW. Uh, and that guy's a great fucking guy. Like he's really helped me a lot, like gave me a lot of really good pointers about like never missing the pinfall, uh, you know, just staying in character, doing what you need to do, uh, and like really getting everything over and being committed. Uh, But yeah, I think that that day was very stressful because I had never been on pay-per-view before. Uh, I blew out my voice commentating a show the night before that my friend was running. Um, And so if you go back and uh, that show I think is on IWTV, you can go back and watch that show. And even in the opening scramble match you can you can hear me um, i've been talking like this the whole show like it it's like i smoked six packs of cigarettes in a day like it was like really bad uh now luckily enough i've blown my voice out like so consistently for the last 6 years that this is just my register like my register now and i can't like undo the damage that's happened to my esophagus at this point <laughs> <laughs>
1: When you look back on like your time with for us as manager. You know that being there on a give kind of monthly basis, is there a point where you kind of you're there on commentary and you're, you start to feel you know more comfortable, starting to feel like you're like you're, in a, you're kind of part of the show now.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, right before the pandemic, uh, it was actually, jeez, uh, three years ago. Uh, this month uh, on Veterans Day. Uh, We um, started a little YouTube show that's still on YouTube, by the way. You can watch every episode is a YouTube show called uh, Monday Morning Magic that I hosted. It was sort of like, uh, you know, Good Morning America or the Today Show or, uh, you know, whatever you guys have over there, like good day, Scotland or whatever. Um, (laughs) It was like one of those types of shows. But in the world of pro wrestling, like I would there was always an interview. That I conducted. Uh, Luckily, my roommate, um, Joey, he went to Full Sail University. He's, like, a director and a writer. I mean, a prolific fucking writer. The guy's, like, insane. Um, But he, without me knowing it at the time, he ended up fessing up to it a few months into it. Is that he gave me method actor training. Um. And while he was directing me or asking me to do certain things or whatever, he was giving me like little bits of method actor training where when I'm on camera, like the second I put my suit on cameras, start rolling. Luckily I get to do an entrance now, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, maybe we can play that. That could be like the, the play out. I'll give you, I'll send you the, the song. That could be like song, the song that ends the show. um, See, that's, see, again, that's what I, my brain immediately goes to production now. It's oh, like, yeah. s- it's so strange. But to answer your question, yes, I, um, I do feel like a big part of the show now. I'm referred to as the voice of the kingdom because I'm the Jim Ross, I'm the Michael Cole, uh, I'm the Excalibur, I'm that guy. I'm, you know, me and Shane are sort of the hosts of the company. And that's a pretty cool feeling to be that like integral. Like, I couldn't picture missing a show, or I couldn't picture uh, Shane missing a show at this point.
1: I'm, I'm still laughing at the Good Day Scotland. Like, <laughs> but I mean, that's not a thing here, but I really think it should be. You guys don't, don't
0: have like a morning show?
1: I mean, we do. We have morning shows that there's more like UK ones, like wide ones, or maybe like films in England, but they go out, you know, like this morning or good morning, Britain, things like that. But I don't know if many specific to Scotland, I don't think good day Scotland would be the name of it. But if someone's out there in the world of TV, get that, get that fucking ball rolling now.
0: Dude, no, just whatever is the main Scottish channel over there. Fucking, it should just be called wake up cunts. (laughs) And it's just a hungover broadcaster going just being like, and I'm not going to do the accent, people. Um, Just a lot just going like, all right, you fucking cunts, wake up. We're going to have some fucking actor on, I guess, who's over here promoting some fucking thing. Somebody get me a fucking whiskey. Please, for fuck's sake. Um, Fuck. All right, commercial and then I'll, I'll I'll, I'll be here. Just like disheveled and tie half on everything i would love that i would try and hunt that down on youtube every day that would be my morning show here if that existed wake up cunts
1: uh sorry when you said the words wake up cunts," i was about to take a drink there so <laughs> uh, thanks for that <laughs> you got it you
0: got you to gotta be you got to be careful man people people pay me to be funny so i the, if i start going on something unfortunately it doesn't st- like this train doesn't stop rolling
1: but <laughs> because it's kind of cool because like when you were like telling me and nathan when you would tell us about like stuff you you guys were doing and i look you told me about monday, monday morning magic so i looked it up and then we've had guys from the shows you know on the podcast before so it's cool that you as a commentator have also got your little running like storylines as well because like you had the continuous thing with you and and lou the the middlelands monster where he
0: just he just bullied you, for, for lack of a better word. <laughs> he did, yeah, he did. One of my favorite things, the hardest thing I had to film with Lou was an episode, I think it was called Waiting for the Monster. It might have been episode six. It's the episode where he, like, pushes my head into the, uh, it's like him versus Darius was going to be the Dark Arts title match. And he, like, pushes my head into the table and starts screaming at uh, the camera and stuff. But I, the whole crux of the episode was I was waiting for him To show up like it was like we had come up with this idea that he was too good for the interview or he thought he was too good to have another interview with me so like he was like he comes in like on the phone with somebody and it's him trying to schedule a shiatsu massage (laughs) uh, because he had cut some promo on me before we'd filmed the episode and he was just like maybe I'll go and I'll get a fucking shiatsu and I remember when I heard him say that in the promo I texted him and I was like that shiatsu line made me nearly shit myself laughing because it was so funny. And I was like, let's do that for the episode. And he comes in, he does the whole thing. He puts his phone down on like a table. He goes, hold on, I'll be right back. And he puts his phone down. We get into this conversation where uh, I, my character was very like in his face about a few things. And of course I'm the smaller, you know, injured commentator, you know, so like I'm not going to be able to actually challenged this seven foot monster and he you know abuses me a little bit throws me to the floor picks up his phone on the way out and he was just like yeah what shiatsu and closes the door and me and joey had to film that scene three times because it just kept making us laugh like really hard it was how angry he said i mean if you hadn't seen it I believe it's episode six of Monday Morning Magic. I'm gonna look it up right now, but um, yeah, if you go to YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, Monday Morning Magic is there in its own playlist. Um, you can, you guys can check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's just great. It's great
1: because <laughs> something I think I don't know how many people have, have seen it, but something I can have them look across when I'm signing more Pro Wrestling Magic is that you guys. You and Luna is is kind gonna of had a crossover with uh, with Grimm from a uh, Grimm's Toy Show who also has a big following on On YouTube and the rest of the world her you been he basically drags you along to Grimm's backyard and just kills three other guys I remember that's all like oh
0: huh, Jimmy's there as well. Yeah, uh, the uh, The joke about that was uh, and Shane Shane was the, uh, the guy who had the drone so if you watched that episode uh, of Grimm's toy show that we did a crossover with um, there. It starts out with like this really cool drone shot. Um, and that was Shane's drone. It was like so cool that he had that. Um, but the whole thing was, is that uh, Grimm had had monster there before and blindsided him with a match against dirtbag Dan for the dark arts title in the grim compound. And um, then monster was like really angry um, that he had to go, but he because my character at the time, uh, Jimmy Riot, did he never left the kingdom? He lived there, he worked there, like he it, it, it was like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He never left Philly for like a long time, and that was that was Jimmy Riot. Was he just he that all he knew was the kingdom? And so eventually, uh, you don't see it on camera, but he drags me like he uh, threw me in his trunk and drove me down to, um, Grimm's place, and then I, it was my responsibility to try and hold Monster back, and of course it didn't work, and it was a great a really fun Fatal 4-Way for the, uh, Dark Arts title, it was, um, the Meadowlands Monster now he's Lou Bruno, so it's, like, hard for me to remember that, but it was Lou Steve Off, um Boom Harden and J.J. Adams um, and the match was so much fun. So much fun. And me and Grimm were sitting there just shouting sort of commentary. That was sort of my job to be there. I helped direct a lot of like the um, the pieces of that. And that was a lot of fun. That was a fun day. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. If you guys want to check out both of his appearances with, with Grimm, that's Lou that is. Uh, they're on the Pro Wrestling Magic YouTube channel still. So go check that out. <laughs> the matches are surprisingly still very violent uh more violent than you probably expect to me probably because the guy's a monster but yeah because i felt weird about calling him lou on this because i didn't know if we were allowed to call him that but fair enough because i remember getting a call on that when we when we interviewed him and then, like i was i remember being very nervous when we were doing that interview especially and then immediately within two seconds of me joining the call you mentioned I'm from scotland and then lou does a Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do not that, that was recorded, but. Yeah, and then he starts talking about Kane and other big vessels. And I, I basically just joined him and basically, like, yeah, yeah, you were very within your rights to beat up Jimmy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he loved, I mean, lose a goofball. I mean, I, I hate to destroy the mystique of the guy and everything, but he is very much. Um, There's a great video of him chopping me, too, at the bar. That was fun. Uh, he is legitimately over 7 feet tall. I think he's, he's trimmed up a little bit, so I think he's like 270, 280-something now. But he's a big fucking dude, and he's just the sweetest fucking kindest guy in the world. It's so great to get to work with him, and uh, especially when we helped him develop a lot of the stuff that he uses now uh, when we were doing Monday Morning Magic, because it was very much built around the Metal Lands monster character at the time, because he was the Dark Arts champion, and it was... It was a huge deal for us because he lives close so he was always able to be there on Sundays when we filmed it and it was always great. Always great to work with with Lou.
1: And I think thanks to you and Pro Magic I may have had one of my best moments in terms of being on a podcast when we had Erica Lee on the show (laughs) and and I asked her about TV shows you may have watched that get through the pandemic and she mentions Frasier and I think we couldn't there was no cameras, but I know you and I both had a probably had a similar looks on our faces, like "Oh my god, just get all
0: be more perfect." I think I said it on the podcast when I uh, when you guys were talking. I was like, "Oh, here we fucking go. You guys are best friends now." I think I'm just gonna turn my mic off and let you guys finish this podcast on your own, something like that. <laughs> uh,
1: it's always nice when new friends are made, isn't it?
0: <laughs> just uh, reaching across the pond. Being friends, hand-in-hand, hand, hands across America. Like, the whole thing. It's going to be great. And then,
1: I remember while you were away, we had we had her back on to do a tournament with me, her, and Nathan about the best candies or whatever it was.
0: I did listen to that. That was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Legit, I thought she was just going to find a way to reach through escape and murder Nathan. That. Like Because he was doing his usual being contrary to make sure our arguments went longer. Uh so, you never know if he actually believes half the shit he's saying. And I think she got to the point where I'm like, I swear to God, if you vote against this thing that I like, I'm going <laughs> <I'm gonna> to come drink <laughs> and I'm going to hunt you down.
0: I, when I was doing the. Um, like I recently did uh, KJ and AZ's The Super Crazies uh, with KJ of Inside the Ropes fame, um, oh, who was crazy. just on the, with the uh, Crown Jewel podcast with us. So, thank you, KJ, as always. I um, think Always, all you everybody talk about, buddy KJ. he's a good guy. He's a nice. He's a nice guy. Um, and he reaches out, and he like when he thinks I'd be fun with something, he like reaches out, and it's always really nice to work with him. But he, uh, I filled in the Nathan role of that <laughs> DC tournament, and I, I literally argued Amy Adams all the way as Lois Lane all the way through to like the end of the podcast, like just creating arguments to keep her in the tournament. But then, like, Schwarzenegger would come up as Mr. Freeze and me and and AZ would just be like, dude, he's great. What are you talking about? It's the Terminator. He's not awful. (laughs) And, like, we would save these characters that were atrocious from getting moved through because it was the worst DCU, DCU character of all time. And we would save Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and put through Amy Adams as Lois Lane, or fucking. I mean, if you haven't had a chance to go listen to it, it's a long, it's a long episode, so save it for like a cross country trip or whatever, but it's very, a very fun episode to listen to of, of that show.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I really thought I was going to have a break there on that beast, <laughs> going did. just like. He's under the ceiling. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> What what I genuinely thought for a second you were gonna go in there and put Aquaman through the final I like please please have some sanity man
0: <laughs> God that fucking Aquaman movie. Ugh. Uh
1: but don't know that you kinda referenced it earlier on, you did another show before you know get involved with the, the ragtag crew we have over here. But there I I did see some stuff online about it that I can you can still find uh, is there a reason you guys didn't do that for like for longer, or was like was, you just didn't have time after a little while with like commentary and everything?
0: Uh, what the uh, the moves crew podcast? Yeah, uh, yeah, that just sort of fell apart. Um, Scott was busy um, ring announcing and going. On, I was living in a different part of the state, um, and then he met his girlfriend that he's currently living with, and that took up a lot of his time and I was very busy with some stuff. It just sort of fell apart time-wise. And we, we would always at at the beginning, especially we would always just sort of, um, like plan out some stuff. Um, our raw podcast was called the, uh, the, the anonymous raw general podcast. And we would always talk about, uh, like we would always talk about wanting to do certain things for certain episodes. And then it just wouldn't happen. And then our buddy, Tim, got involved and he was doing like deathmatch report. He was our deathmatch correspondent and he would do stuff. And then I did uh, the mustache ride, which was like short little 15 minute, like this is what's bothering me this week. Things that I would clip into certain episodes. Um, We tried there at the end for a little while. Uh, We made a documentary about going to West Virginia, little things here and there, but it just sort of fell apart. Like it just, it's, it's nobody's fault. It just sort of wasn't, working. And I loved it. I I loved doing it. It was a fun show. Uh very much like the way that we do these things. Like it, it's, you know, very similar. But um it just yeah, it just didn't didn't work out. But, bring it
1: back to something that we always seems to come up, especially with the Roger Payne's career on these shows we always find a way to bring it back to kind of the early beginnings of, of Roger Payne's But anyway, even before Roger Payne's do you remember the first time you and I were on
0: a podcast together. What is uh the rope break days, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, I think, I think the other guys barely even enjoy saying the words rope break sometimes on these shows, but yeah. I think I recorded something with Liam earlier in the day that I think it was you, me, and Liam came back for something the week of WrestleMania 35, which I think because of poor like management. <laughs> uh, I don't think it ever got uploaded in time or somebody was may upload it and they said no it was maybe someone so who who uploads it so nobody knew what the fuck they were doing but so, yeah i remember jumping on the call with you and liam and then just hearing you talking like oh what are you guys thought i mean and you of it." Like, oh yeah just offhand finally mentioned you were working with like a show with gang Grip or something like that
0: yeah yeah that was um the benefit show for uh my buddy joey after his car accident um he got hit by a car so like uh, we decided to raise some money for him and then Gangrel was on that show and that was funny. The first episode of Rope Break that actually got posted uh was the WWE Superstar Shakeup special that we did. Um April 3rd 2019. That's what this says here. Hey. I don't know. I think the, the we did one before that but it never went up or whatever. Yeah. Didn't I call, didn't I call Nia Jax fat or something? And like it, like, this is like legitimately the the reason I don't give a fuck. That guy doesn't speak to me anymore. And He tried like talking down to me about like, we need to watch our language. And so I said, I'm not saying she's like, I said uh, on the podcast, I said, she needs to learn how to wrestle and lose a little bit of weight because she's going to end up injuring herself if she's like this this way i was genuinely looking out for the woman and he was just like you can't say shit like that and i was like it's my opinion i don't give a shit if it's right or if it's wrong that was my opinion the woman's a dog shit wrestler i don't care if she's uh the rock's cousin and has cute eyes like she needs to be better and be safer because she was hurting people at the time too she was constantly hurting people and i was fed up with it at the time and he tried fucking talking down to me about it and i was just like dude we're doing I'm doing this work for free. Like we're just trying to make something here. Like you're supposed to get people to pay attention by saying and doing things that make people go, Oh shit, I want to hear what he said. You know? And it's just that fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck him.
1: Yeah. Like, I remember also hearing from other guys like how you know, he was I saw how he was weirdly into Sasha Banks, like to the point where he didn't want anyone saying anything negative about her on like shows or like we get annoyed with people who said positive things about Charlotte Flair that kind of thing and I think <laughs> being there as briefly as we were was probably for the best but who did you get involved in? I remember just seeing something posted on Facebook I don't know if it was the same for you
0: uh yeah I think it was it was in the inside the ropes fan community wasn't it yeah yeah I saw that post and I think I answered the post one night and I was like oh I I podcast from time to time and then I got hit up and we got we got put together and I think that's just pretty much how it went.
1: Yeah, I I started like, I was dealing with shows I'd done and I think ESSR, the other show I do, he, he had listened to some of it and so he was like, oh yeah, I've heard that and don't know if he knew about me that well because I was one of like several rotating people on that show so I don't know if he even knew who the fuck I was but that was enough to get me in the door but I do recall like, I think the first ever you, me, and Nathan show was on Rock Break. I think it might have even been the uh, "Who Raised the Boss Man's Briefcase" thing. Uh, the right name.
0: Was have that when the- we were still doing Kayfabe Court?
1: Oh no! actually, it wasn't Kayfabe. It wasn't that. That was a different case. Yeah, but Kayfabe Court was a uh, GTV. Who is GTV? Oh God,
0: that episode is gr- guys. If if at all possible, you need to hear when we did Kayfabe Court. Like we did it a little bit when we first started over here too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Jesus. I think oh, it was. It was th- what is the Rock cooking was the first one.
1: Yeah, that was you guys and Rahul. I remember listening to it on the train to to uni at the time, and I was just sitting on the train in the mor- like nine in the morning, pissing myself laughing at that, and then what like I need to be on this show, and then we did the GTV thing. And and I think it was the case of like I think somebody who, one of the guys from Roger Pines Who would go on and be on Roger Pines Came out with the idea, so it was the case of Fuck it, it's our idea, we'll just take it with us
0: Yeah, it's uh Wow, it's What a long, strange, wonderful trip it's been <laughs> <laughs> But here we are, still making the funny Still telling people to go fuck themselves Yeah, still telling people to go fuck themselves Survey says Get fucked Did you uh you get like
1: messages from that guy after we stopped doing shows because i think I, I, some of us over here did
0: no um the only time the only time he ever like really reached out to me was the Nia jacks thing and then like even when we were there like when we had the uh the rope break group chat like with all of us in it like we have for rogue opinions um I would see him pop up from time to time, but I don't think like really anybody like ever heard from him except for like the three people he liked. Yeah,
1: there, there were there were far too many people in that group chat. Like it was just too much. I kept having to mute it because like I can't deal with the the same people who weren't even in the podcast. I think there were a few other groups but then it. So like there were far too many people for for like their level of competency. Like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And so, I don't know about you, like, when did you hear about the idea of Rogue of Pines? I think I'm sure Nathan must have said something to you, because I think, when I was trying to, like, we were, I think you, we were trying to schedule something for Rogue, which you ended up doing on Rogue of Pines anyway. Uh, I think <laughs> it was about, how did Ric Flair end up in the desert, which was a K-Feed court as well.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, dude, geez, wow, we've done a lot of those, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, especially in the early days, but and then Nathan basically said, like, yeah, we're not we're going to be part of Rogue game, or we're going to do this thing called Rogue of Pines, you want to be an island. Yeah okay, so I don't know. Was it Nathan that message you about Rogue Opinions?
0: Yeah, so uh, the from what I can see, um, Flair's escape from Las Vegas is the first Rogue Opinions post I have, Uh, and that's when we covered the Flair thing, and that was June of 2019. So we were only at Rope Break for like two months. Yeah, and then I think. I think, what was it? I think it was, it was definitely Nathan reached out to me and you, I think it was like the three of us, like we're in contact about it before it got started. And I think Nathan was the one who was like, so we call each other anyway, like when we do these things, why don't we just do it for us? Like, why don't we, like, we could just talk pish. We could do whatever the fuck we want. We could cover wrestling we could do even more stuff than we're doing over at Brick right now. Why don't we just do it? And I think you and I were both like, yeah, sure, like that sounds great. Yeah. And at one point, I think it was like a week later, Nathan texted the what is now the A team group chat of the three of us and he was just like, what do you guys think of the name Rogue Opinions? And I, and I like I think you and I were both like, what? Okay, I guess, you know? And he was like, "All right, fine." And then we recorded the first episode, the three of us, and then it went out. And I mean, since then it's just been like really fun. I mean, look at all the people that are on board with us now. I mean, people have come and gone. That we did that ain't sport for a little while too. Like
1: oh, there was, was... A... <laughs> See, that's what we need to do. Nathan, me a pitch on the idea of uh, good, good Day Cancer, whatever as his next <laughs> you know, audio project. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wake up, cunts That's that's. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Nathan could do some stuff with that. I'm sure. I'm sure when he listens to this, if he listens to this, he's gonna hear that. And before we, he gets to this point in the podcast, he will have already written something.
1: Yeah, he's already um, scribbling that ideas that somehow involved John Cena and Sigourney Weaver somehow.
0: I'm but sure the words Sigourney Weaver were already like on the page at this point. Like.
1: Really, because I didn't realize how much. Cause, like, I found out through on to Nathan and Carl for this series that like, Carl was obviously on early on, and I think they go back and forth between Nathan and Carl, were, like, one of them says the other came up with the name, the other says the other one. Uh, I remember seeing the name thing like, oh, that seems alright as a name. I couldn't. I would. I I came up with anything better at the time. I might. I might have, but I can't. So, like, okay, we'll <laughs> go with that. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> We did Carl's episode. We jokingly framed it as like the real mastermind behind Roger Pines. tells all exposes, Nathan.
0: <laughs> yes. From his palatial mansion on the, 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 coast of, of, uh, of like England, uh, that Nathan has with all of his, is, uh, his butlers and his, you know, maids and all the help that lives down in the dungeon does all that work for him. He's up there scribbling away on uh, his whiteboard and coming up with brilliant ideas <laughs> well, like, uh,
1: I remember Carl coming over early
0: on as well and like around the
1: same time we did that show we also me and Carl also did a show about Double or Nothing which I was very nervous about because me and Carl had never spoken before we did that so we were kind of throwing in the deep end and then fast forward a few years later we and I have a regular show named after the bloody godfather's cat face <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is a that is a great name for a podcast, by the way. Potting ain't easy. That's that's pretty great.
1: <laughs> uh, like I remember me and Nathan also, we were talking about it where we uh, about Vengeance or Sex. Me and him did a show for road grouping, for for Rope Break, where for the fr- first time we met was on a recording of a review of Vengeance or 0- Sex for some reason, and we we kept to go since, They're like I've never forgiven you for making me watch that, and. Like we even talked about, like looking back on that show, and I remember telling, messaging him, like I listened to ten minutes of that podcast. It's unlistenable. Don't listen to it.
0: <laughs> it's so bad.
1: <laughs> but like, so I think early on, I think part of the reason we became the A team is that we you and I, you, the three of us, were doing a lot together and like varying combinations, but especially as a as a trio. Which meant a lot of late nights for me and Nathan because of the, like time difference and everything. But it was, it was still a laugh, and I do, it still makes me laugh that Nathan part of his thing with Rogue bends is getting other people who could talk wrestling because he was, you you could tell he was trying to take a break from it, but every so but more than not he kept getting roped back into wrestling.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we're about to do it again uh, with um with the full gear review that we got coming up. Uh, yeah, programming note: there's going to be an A team full gear uh reunion spectacular uh later this week um yes it's gonna be like over a week old but who gives a shit we don't do things the way you want us to do them we're rogue opinions uh fuck you go devils um it the thing is 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 that like the three of us were doing like a ton back in the day like when we when this first started like we were doing uh, the uh the brackets that we'd come up with, or we would just debate stuff. Matt, remember Master Debaters? Yeah. Um, yeah. we do kayfabe court. I mean, we were just like pumping a whole bunch of stuff out, and then luckily, like Carl came in, and uh, Rahul was here for a hot minute, um, and like it just sort of like spiraled out, where uh, like it went from. Like a lot of the pressure was on the three of us to be like, well, this thing got started. Let's just crank shit out. Let's spend seven hours on a fucking Skype call and put out fucking three episodes of a podcast over a couple of days. And boom, that's our week. You know? And uh, it was so much fun that way. So much fun.
1: I think it took everybody kind of a while to like find what their niche was. I think by the time the pandemic came around, I think it was like a year into Roger Pines and then the pandemic happens. So It's a coincidence, nothing more. Yeah, coincidence, yeah. But like, <laughs> I like, I think like those guys doing football and Nathan's, we get certain Naked Men podcasts as a regular thing. I remember some of the guys, some of the, me and the other guys started doing some like quizzes uh, during the pandemic, like, uh, Reese hosts one that he still maintains he can't remember because he was so drunk when he was hosting it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the story, I think it was uh, I think it was Rahul who was almost late for a recording or was acting like he couldn't make the show and like, well, we need you, we're, we're doing a team's thing here. <laughs> and his excuse for not, not being on being on time was he was watching Interstellar, or he wanted to finish watching Interstellar, and we were all collectively yelling, like, you can watch it anytime you fucking want. Yeah. You know, you've got streaming DVDs. We're DVDs. We're on lockdown right now,
0: you're not fucking going anywhere oh my god yeah i mean it was uh i don't know it's an an, an interesting start and like an interesting way that things all ended up the way that they are now for sure
1: i think it was also fun because like i was free because the summer was starting remember that time and i was i I wasn't i didn't start back at university till like september i was free to do all sorts of weird ideas and we just kept coming up with new shit at one point, we did say, like, okay, we're pumping stuff out a bit too
0: quickly. Let's try and slow it down a bit. Yeah, because, but- like, we were making these, like, hour and a half to two hour long, and even longer in some cases, podcasts where we'd all have a couple drinks and just sh- talk shit for, like, two and a half hours. And we were just putting out, like, content, 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 content. And at one point, it was just like, all right, we can slow these A-team things down now. Because, like, we have Carl, we have, you know, we, everybody was doing sort of, they, they were slotting into different places. Um, yeah, like, and then, like, eventually, uh, you and Paul came on uh, yeah. with, with the show you guys were already doing. And, like, so we were like, okay. And then we, you know, Naked Men was also a thing. And so we were all just sort of briefly just sort of going like, oh, okay. All right. Now we can relax a little bit, and then do some of these so it's a little bit more special. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it ended up being like, one of the, the most fun times of my life was doing all those fucking weird fucking podcasts with you guys, because they were just strange, and just, we said some of the craziest shit that I've ever said in my life on re- on a recording. I
1: think I had this weird freedom on Rogue of and because my mom listened to the first show me and Paul ever did, but I don't think she's ever listened to anything else podcasting-wise I've ever done, primarily because a lot of it has been wrestling-based, but other than that, I don't think she's not a big podcasting person, and I, especially not ones about whatever I, as I talk about, so she... Sometimes when I would say something like shitty or something maybe offensive on a show, I'd be like, I can say that safe in the knowledge that my mother or anyone else that I care enough about will never hear this.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure there's a there's somebody in our lives that we would prefer that they never heard some of the things that we say. Uh me, I don't I don't give a shit, but like I'm sure like most of us have somebody in our lives that like, oh my God, you heard that? Fuck. Uh, like, <laughs> it's just it's just like a Oh my God. Cause like like I said, we say the craziest shit to each other, especially when you guys are up at three in the morning due to time difference and I'm over here just getting out of work, I'm delirious, I'm having a beer and just we just roll on things or when when we would like do create a band or create a SummerSlam or whatnot and we would just write these like I, I mean just wild fucking fantastical wrestling shows or movies and to to listen to the shit Nathan would come up with <laughs> was and to have to try and like as as like a co-host to have to try and um, get in that same like headspace, that same bubble where he exists all on his own and he writes these insane screenplays that like, I I, I mean, what is that like for you, Scott? Like when you oh. know that we have like a create a show or create a band or whatever the fuck we're doing and you know it's you, me and Nathan. Like, does that like give you some sort of fucking anxiety where you're like, well, I have to come up with like insane shit right now?
1: I I think I set myself up for failure every time we do these because like I try and insert every time I, I insert a little bit more weirdness and a little bit more weirdness. Like, yeah, this will be weird enough to keep up with Nathan, but in the end, it always comes off as I have written the more logical wrestling style show, and he's just created a fucking multi part odyssey. Like, this stuff I used one where he he had us reading certain passages of it. Well oh,
0: yeah, he he sent I us think. pages and like highlighted them differently and he was like, All right, you're this and you're this, you have to go and read it.
1: I think my issue with the recreator ones is I think I peeked too early when we did the creator wrestler one and I came up with the split personality character. I then yeah.
0: realized
1: I was like, I've peaked too
0: early on this thing. You came out too hard, like you, 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 you sort of like wait, you bu- you busted early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas,
1: whereas Nathan is on the tantric because you know he he can just last for fucking hours and hours on his weird every multiple episodes on his weird book. Like he's got fucking different parts and different chronicles on his one. I,
0: he's created the uh, the uh, the NCU, the Nathan Cinematic Universe, as as I'm calling it uh and it's just it's you never know like i mean listen i don't i try not to go too like too insane but then i know that i have to be like i have to make it crazy i have to go with the stupidest idea in my head because it'll make you guys laugh and it will keep up with like the the cracked personality that lives inside of nathan's brain
1: <laughs> what what, what, do you, what do you think it is that makes the three of us that made us such a good kind of trio for this kind of podcasting.
0: Now look at us just fucking blowing ourselves here. An hour and a half into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, didn't take us that long. Um, no, it's I think eight, we are fun we, for us. What up? I, I mean, we had
1: an hour and a half to start doing the, you know, self-gratulation and all that. I mean, it's a slow start for us.
0: Well, you know, Scott, to answer the question of what makes us the greatest three-man podcast in, in history is that I think really what we did was when we met at rope break and i'm genuinely i genuinely mean this when we met at rope break like it immediately sort of took off where we all kind of got each other's comedy and we found different things funny about each other and we're just genuinely friends and i think that happened very quickly and when in my experience, when, like, people first meet and become, like, really good friends very quickly, it's easy to be able to hang out and shoot the shit for hours and just make good... Like, if you're in the, the, the business of making things like we are here, I think that it's very easy to make really good, funny things when you're doing it with people that you enjoy being around. Um, Because, I mean, you can hear it on the podcasts that we do. If you watch Monday Morning Magic, you can see that like I'm having a great time, Joey was having a great time, the wrestlers all had like a really fun time. Um, you, you could see it on IWTV and YouTube when I do my interactions with uh, Mr. Darius Carter. Darius, uh, I mean, and not to kill the mystique of Darius Carter, he is the world's worst human being when it comes to wrestling, but when you talk to him in real life, he's a great guy, and he's funny, and he's very knowledgeable about wrestling, and if he likes you, he'll be a great friend and when we film those things Darius and I just have a great fucking time and Joey we the three of us will just sit there for hours just talking about wrestling and then we'll film something that'll take 10 minutes and then half an hour of us just like sitting around shooting the shit and I think that's what comes across with us too is that we're all genuinely friendly and friends to each other so we have just this very unique back and forth back and forth and back and forth that we all have Um and it just works out it just worked from the the, from the get go. It wasn't really I think we had like a brief conversation before the three of us first podcasted together. And um because I had been working with Nathan for a little while doing some stuff at Roprick and then you came in and did something with us and then from then on, I think it was like we had 20 minutes before the podcast and we were all laughing about something, and then it was like, Hey, we should start recording because this is good. And then I think I knew right then and there that we were gonna have like a really fun show
1: like, i don't even remember the first time we referred to it as the a team i think it was one of you that might have done it but and then tying in the discovery of like the french a team and then that became just our regular like team intro for shows
2: <laughs>
1: yeah i think one of the best shows we, we the three of us done for me personally i think was when we did the a show so long, it had to be in two parts. When we did the Rumble Twenty Twenty. Oh <laughs> uh,
0: God, yeah, I fucking forgot about that, Scott. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> two fucking shows, and then I think of that same show. Like it was like Renee Young, Booker, and Sam Roberts stared for photo, and one of them captions at the E Team, and then we were like, "I am sorry, what?"
0: Yeah, for real. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm trying to find it in the feed just so, so everyone can. Uh... So it was Rumble 2020. So like, it, I mean, we've been doing we've been at this for over three years, guys. We're older than AEW.
1: Uh, that is, I think one of our first show. I think the show me and Carl did together was a review of Double or Nothing 2019.
0: Yeah, so and, the oldest as, uh... And I think you guys did Fighter Fest, um, as well. Like early back in the day.
1: I think it was actually you and I that did Fighter Fest and then me and Carl did Fight for the Fallen.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. Do um, you remember the uh, Shasta McNasty punishment pod? <laughs> yeah, well, that was you guys doing that. Yeah, case. we did that, yeah. But that show was awful.
1: <laughs> the one punishment Nathan's been on, because he was almost on almost all of them, Like the one punishment that Nathan couldn't find a positive spin for. When I listened back to because like I remember you and I doing SmackDown and then it said, Oh, so and so's in the career, they are gonna be on Shasta McNasty, and I was like, What is this? And you were reading out the description of the show, I'm like, I still don't believe you. That this is a real show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: uh okay, yeah, I found it. Uh the R- Royal Rumble 2020 review parts one and two. Oh my god. <laughs> It's so like I think it was because the the feed the that we were using at the time like you could only go up to three hours and the whole review was like almost four. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, Jesus Christ! I might have to go listen to some of this back because this is this is insane. Oh.
1: Uh. uh. You know, to get off this train of oh, do you remember when this happened? Because if we start that, we'll be here forever. Yeah. But one thing I really enjoy doing is when, when like the rare opportunities I get to do stuff where it's just us here because, like, great when we we're doing the three of us together and like me and Nathan have done some fun stuff in the past. Like me and him were trying to find some new stuff to do when you were away, so me and him did a review of Money Plane, which is absolutely god oh. awful.
0: Yeah, that movie is not good.
1: <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's rough it's bad can't wait for the day i make paul watch him review that and just see the light the last of, bit of light go out in his eyes
0: i mean i think if the people who made velocipaster get the money to make the second one we should do a another review of velocipaster uh
1: that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun but like i think like you and didn't get a chance to uh to do stuff for the programming just you and me, but like we, then you and I, for a brief while, were doing Retro Smackdown together, which was fun. And yeah. Then, then at one point, before you took your break, we had a couple of episodes of you and me doing grapple updates, because Nathan was like, I'm not doing... I was wearing Nathan's many spells of I'm not doing anything wrestling-related right now.
0: Yeah, because the first one is the grappliest of grapple updates from two years ago, and that was... Um, me, me, you, and Nathan, mm-hmm. and then I think slowly but surely, Nathan was like, "I'm not I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to do wrestling right now because I don't like it. It's in a gymnasium and it's weird."
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So, like, there was this, and then a lot of it was us just complaining about shit. To be honest, like, I remember there was a draft that year, and I was and you like, what did you think? And I was like. A lot of shit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember there was probably just a lot of complaining about stuff at that time, and like the thing was, is because uh, you and Nathan did a lot of stuff as well, and I was doing stuff with Carl. So there were times when we were doing a team podcast where I felt like, like there were times where I don't say anything, but that's because there are times I just can't keep up with the two of you. <laughs> sometimes. And there are times where I feel like these guys have a bit better rapport with each other than like I have with either of them individually. So something I felt like the odd man out. But then, but then I'd, I'd try and win, then I'd win you back over when I had to be like silent for twenty minutes and then just came up with one line and everyone would start laughing.
0: Well, yeah, that's how you got the joke sniper nickname. <laughs> uh, because, because like you would just—it's like you would sit and wait up on the hill. And then in the middle, there'd be like a break while me and Nathan were laughing about something and you would just go, yeah, blank. Like I'm filling the blank and then done. We can go home. Like, and it would just set us off. And then that would start a whole new line of like thinking for me and Nathan. and Because me and Nathan, Nathan and I are very good at like bouncing off of one another, like like improvisers do. Like, because I watched a lot of um, Whose lines Lines It Anyway growing up and I did a lot of those like Improv uh, Like uh, like Exercises and stuff Which is why I'm as, as as, people tell me As talented as a commentator As I am Because I'm able to just think on my feet immediately And if somebody says something I can usually build off of it And do something with it And Nathan is also very good at that too So if something is said what well, I can say something And then Nathan will hear something in that Build off of that And then we have this just mountain of just crap that we're thrown at each other for two hours, and it just spirals out of control. Yeah, I, I think I'm good.
1: at kind of riffing in on that when it's like two people, but like when there's a third person in there, and then they're uh, they're better than me, like Nathan is. I was like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just wait here. I'll just quietly wait here while you guys finish whatever it is you're doing. It's
0: just your timing is very good. Like you know when to bounce in. Like that's what makes you I think what makes you a very good host uh, for these podcasts is because you you know when to cut in, when to keep the show moving, but then also when to just let it be ridiculous. And then while it's ridiculous, you step back and then you wait. You wait for the right moment your timing is so is such that you will just bang and you'll say something so on point and so like of the moment and of the conversation that it builds on top of what is becoming absurdist and ridiculous and i think that's very that's very that's not a skill that you're taught that's a skill that you just have and you have that skill and it's very uh it, it's very timely and it's very fun
1: please please jenny my penis can only get so right please stop with the yeah
0: <laughs> Well, that's why I told you before we got on here, you put your penis into the vibrator, into the into the mold that we sent you, and you just turn it on low. And then that way you are you have the hopper on one and you're just good to go for the whole podcast. Oh, I
1: thank KJ for the hookup. We, as we learned on Cringy, he clearly knows a lot about sex toys. <laughs> he just
0: has a catalog of sex toys. And you know what? Like, listen, it is what it is. He lives out in the desert. Okay, he's yeah. got to keep himself busy somehow. Yeah, because
1: like, I, I, you know, one of these people, like, I don't like to I think of myself as one of the people who has uh, that, you know, that whole FOMO and like, fear of missing out. But then once or twice before we properly got the team back together, a couple of like podcasts with you and Nathan, like the selling out teams would come in and I'd be like, I'd be like, what about me? Like, how did I not know? Like, Jimmy goes away for ages and he's back. Like, why did I not know about this? And so <laughs> I was really nervous when we did the A team, being like, oh, i might have practiced with this three man dynamic here. And then, <laughs> I honestly think we kind of floated back in quite seamlessly. (laughs) I was so happy with how that went down.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it like that's like the thing I was I was talking about how like it helps that we are actually friends. Like Mm. outside, like we don't just come together. I don't think anybody really just comes together and they don't really like not talk to the like they're they're not friends. But I think that's what helps is we have such a good friendship and a good like like trust for each other when we're doing these shows is that when I know that I'm getting on a podcast with like you or you and Nathan or just Nathan or something like that, there's that there's like, it's like when you get into the ring with somebody, you have to trust your partner in the ring with your life. And I think that's sort of what we do here is that we have enough trust in each other that it makes the dynamic that much more fun and it's sort of competitive too. like we we're, we're all just trying to make each other laugh, but we're also trying to get a bigger laugh than the last one that we got. And I think that it's fun and it's healthy and it's something that I think all three of us are just very good at. I think that we just genuinely are just very good at what we do. And you know, it's, it's good to be good at things as when you're making things. Cause I know a few of my friends who do podcasts that like, they're not very good. Like, you know, I, you listen to something and you're like, well, like, we uh, at Rogue opinions like we don't even do that you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> like we're, we'll just go I, that's that's like it's like amateur shit you know like I, it, we're amateurs we're i mean i'm not making a dime off this podcast like we're not doing this professionally we're doing this cuz this is how we hang out and um a lot of people that i think also like the distance helps too because like we all lead such different lives in different like yeah. atmospheres and, and societies and stuff that at one point it helps that we have so much in common, but we live separate lives. You know, it helps that we have all these different perspectives, rogue opinions, if you will. Um, but then I listen to one of my, a couple of my other friends podcasts, who they hang out together all the time. Like they see each other all the time and they end up having the same stories with one another. And they just, you, you get a lot of like the, Oh, you should have been there stories. Yeah. And luckily we don't have that because we live thousands of miles away from each other
1: yeah like literally majority of the the team with a few exceptions I, I don't think most of the team like, i've ever actually met in like person but if, if you like, like, recently i think know each other obviously was ben and and has ben and nathan literally the only person from the team i've ever met in person is anthony who doesn't appear on shows he just does articles i just happened to be i was in the same public when i was on a stag do and like we've got a Facebook page over ESSR and a bunch of the guys were on the stage with me from ESSR. And Anthony's part of like a Facebook page we've got going and one of the guys came up to and went, You know Anthony Fitzpatrick, don't you? I went, Yeah, why? He's over there.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. Because I know I know Anthony a little bit from uh like from the inside the ropes community and stuff. So like I, I know Anthony like a slight bit. I'm sure if you asked him, he probably doesn't know who the fuck I am, but that's that's generally the place I like to exist anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so like, it was just weird.
1: He's still somebody else, so i you know, I want to you know break his podcasting virginity if you are and get him on this show. But you know, he's a family man, so his it's been very difficult to get him on. But one of these days, we'll make it happen. I mean, if we can get Jimmy finally on this show
0: after all this time, we can get anybody on. Anything's possible, Scott. I mean, listen, we've gotten KJ. At some point, I'm sure we'll get Ollie. We'll get we'll get a bunch of people on this show and corrupt them in ways that they don't yet understand <laughs> <laughs> but uh let me ask you guys yeah, something else about like you went
1: away uh i remember it, february march time i think it was the last thing you were on before you, you took your break of, of 2021 so it, it did feel like a long time that you were away and it was uh Obviously, the pandemic was still very much a big thing back then. Especially with a lot of uncertainty, there was still a lot of wrestling shows with barely any people in the areas. But how, how was the last couple of years for you, like mentally, in terms of like, the pandemic? And like, what were some of the things you kind of used to like really help you kind of cope with that?
0: Um. Well, luckily during the pandemic, um, uh, Pro Wrestling Magic was still going. Um, the pandemic was very difficult. Uh, mentally for me because uh, the relationship I was in was falling to pieces. I was with a woman for seven years and that was crumbling and it was hard. Um, And, you know, I worked six days a week uh, at my old job, like during the pandemic surrounded by hundreds of probably sick people all the time. Um, And it was, it was very stressful because I live in a very congested part of the country. So, Wasn't a lot you could do. A lot of things were closed. A lot of things were closing. A lot of places were only open a few hours a day. Uh, So mentally, it was very difficult. Uh, But like I said earlier, I ended up my roommate and I just like fell into playing the Yakuza series, Um, which it's fun. It's funny to just mention that again because like it went on Game Pass, and that's like all we did for two years or a year and a half was just dump. 30, 40, 50 hours into these games because like, it's there's 8 of them in the series and I think... My roommates played them all and I think I'm only missing like 2 of them but all of those games except for Yakuza 7 are like 30 or 40 hours and I dumped 81 hours into Yakuza 7 so like that's pretty much... I just shut my brain off uh, when I would come home from work I'd have a beer and I would play Yakuza or play Fortnite and I just... I would I would watch wrestling too, like I and wrestling's never really out of my life for long periods of time. Um We were supposed to do a show based on you remember the old uh Battle Bowl concept? Yeah. We were gonna do one. It breaks my heart every day that we didn't do this show because it was gonna be so fucking funny. Um it was gonna be called uh Battle Brunch. <laughs> where uh, all of these wrestlers would get randomly randomly placed in two matches. And if they won, they would get themselves a seat at the battle brunch table. And we were going to have a table on the stage of just wrestlers sitting around eating bagels and all of this stuff. And then once that table filled up, we were going to have all of them wrestle to see who was going to win the battle brunch championship which i don't think we've ever told anybody this but we were working on getting a giant golden bagel as the as the prize and you know you were going to use it for you know cashing in on the world championship or some such shit but like it literally was coming to fruition and because of the um the lockdown stuff in my state we couldn't use the building like a month a month, like, a week, a couple weeks before the show. And it just broke our hearts so much that we were were able to do, like, a version of it uh, with uh, the two-part special Red Letter Day um, that we had uh, from the pandemic era. I mean, if you go back and you watch um, if you go back and you watch uh, what was that? Card Subject to Change. Uh, That was the one show we did During the pandemic with absolutely no audience. It was just me, Shane, a couple wrestlers, and a small film crew. And that was cool. That was fun. And then as restrictions started to lift a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, we started having like 30 people, then 60 people, then 80 people. And now we're able to have full houses again, which is nice. But it was It was hard. To answer your question, like the uh, overall, other than a few, like one or two things, the pandemic was very, very difficult for me mentally and emotionally.
1: And um, I didn't know how to transition from what we were talking about before to this because I wanted to ask about it, but sometimes there's no easy transition there because because uh, I know it was difficult for us when you kind of just, when you weren't on the show. I think we understood that you had a lot of stuff going on, but. I think you're definitely well very much missed over on this stage, I think because you were, you feel like such a big part of the the team
0: yeah no, I, and I missed you guys as well I mean thank you for for saying for like saying that I was missed because I definitely missed you doing this show as well um i just i got to a point i remember telling you guys privately that uh i just I didn't think I could make the funny mm-hmm. and that's not a space I was ever really in before I've always been like a like a sort of funny guy like I you know I always try and make people laugh but when I couldn't bring myself like I didn't want to come on and be facetious or be um or like try too hard to be funny and m- end up being miserable um I didn't want to do I didn't want to put something out that I didn't that I wasn't going to think was my best work if that makes sense yeah yeah i, I totally understand uh but no i mean i got to a point where i met i met uh, an absolutely wonderful woman that i'm with now and she really pulled me out of um like a fu- like a real funk from the pandemic and uh i like i said earlier, i have a better job now um and wrestling is going really well and I needed to come back and I really that that was the thing that uh, stood out to me for the most part was that I wanted to come back and I wanted to make you guys laugh again. And I wanted to make the people hopefully happy to hear me again, because, you know, I mean, people get sick of me on the wrestling shows all the time. But doing these shows was always a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: because like I I've been all lost since I know I made a cracked a joke about. Oh, About carrying Rogan you value away. And I said that I was like, in, a, in a, a joking way, but I did feel like I was doing quite a few shows, sort of, like stuff with Paul and like doing SmackDown, which now Paul's on, and then doing stuff with Carl, and occasionally maybe doing something with Nathan. I felt like going through the feed, I was sending Nathan a lot of stuff, and I'm like, like can we please get other people on, or do we know when Timmy's coming back? Because like, people are going to get sick of hearing just shows. There's going to be a point where people who listen to these shows are going to get sick of
0: hearing my voice. I mean, I mean, good on you, though, for like really stepping up when I went away. And I mean, Nathan and Ben uh, have been doing their thing pretty much consistently the entire time, too. And you like really stepped up and was just doing your like it really like you really like saddled it and just became like the like the benchmark. Like you were putting out a lot of shit like as I go through the. um the like the feed, like a lot of it is Scott sits down with this person, or Scott does this, or and it, and it's a lot of like really cool shit, and I really like. I think that that's like commendable, and you should be absolutely applauded for stepping up and holding it down like that.
1: I feel like I was doing stuff outside. Like I think part of the reason I wanted Scott and Pauls to be on uh, Rory Baines feed. Well, there were a couple of reasons, but part of it was to add an extra show to the add an extra like show to the. Like feed from each other, it would be quite fun. So, it was kind of that kind of that like crossover, and plus it would make it easier because now I've got I, I, this, it's this, Scott and Paul's, and ESSR, but then I was like, now, I've only, now I only do specific shows for ESSR, which makes that a little bit easier. But this basically moves this now, now, now rather than three shows, I've technically got two because Scott and Paul's is under Rogue of Pain. So so like, I was trying to, I, was, I mainly added Scott and Paul's just to make things easier for me because I run a joke over on point and easy is that it's how much time of the show. Like if we do an hour long show, how much of it's taken up by Scott's plugs at the end?
0: Yeah, I mean I feel like my like my plug list is a little long sometimes, but then you you just have like fourteen hundred things that you're doing all the time, which is like insane. How is the um the fundraising going, by the way?
1: Oh well, I need to put post something on Facebook, but uh, it's gone from step in a Christmas to step in a spring. Because it's been postponed to April second.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, there is a specific re- a reason for it. I don't know because I heard about heard it from a friend of mine who works for the charity who we're raising it for. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on a podcasting forum. So I'll. I'll ah, right, sure well, if
0: if you <laughs> get if you get any confirmation of whether or not you can say anything, then we, we could talk about it then. But I was curious because I saw that you were posting about it and then you weren't. So I was hoping that that was still going on. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Still going to go on. I'm going to message out about, like, change the entity back to step any spring and then keep, keep the fundraising going. And what's good is that it gives me more time to do, like, the preparation because there's quite a few places near me where I can train, like, by going up and down sets, or, like, I live on the second floor. So I just go out in the landing and go up and down the stairs for, like, a set of time of, like, 15 minutes, see how many steps I can do in that amount of time. Uh, it's, uh, again, giving these extra couple of months is good because I like, have got I can feel comfortable but putting some extra – to make sure we on over Christmas, as I often do, and then but spend the three months training. To everybody
0: try does. It's, it's unavoidable, my friend.
1: It, it really is. It really is. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when I eventually get to do that. But, yeah, so, like I said, yeah, the plugs take fucking forever. And I've not even tried to count out how many podcasts I've maybe done in my time because I don't
0: think I really want to confront myself with the real number. yeah i don't know if i want to like like just in that like year span where like what was it from like 2019 up until like i left we did i don't don't even calculate how many hours uh, like we've uh we've spent just shooting the shit with each other i i i would be very concerned to listen to, to like just to have that number broken down for me you know what i mean
1: uh, but well, we're gonna we've been here for quite a while, so we're gonna be wrapping up I love it But uh, you said you were filming some other stuff outside of wrestling. Is there anything you want to tell us about that?
0: Uh, right now, we're doing uh, my my roommate Joey and I uh, are in the process of filming uh, a series of short films. Uh, we filmed a couple of them already. Uh, luckily, my friend owns a bar in town, and we were able to film there a little bit. Um. And uh, I I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but there are a few things planned with all of the shorts. And uh, I believe it was at one point called Interstate. I'm not sure if that's the name that we're going to be doing. It might be Random Tales now. There's a lot of stuff up in the air about it, but we're in the process of filming a a lot of like shorts. Uh, Think of that Simpsons episode. um, Was it uh, Springfield? uh, When all of them do the short films about Springfield. Yeah, the 22, like, tail the Springfield. I think I was watching that episode the other day. The idea for it comes sort of from that line of thinking uh, is what I'll say about it. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited for when I can start uh, showing people some stuff. Um, I will actually send you uh, one of the cuts after we're done with this, if you would like to see one of the things we did. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, so I, again, stuff off the uh the show that they won't get to see or hear. Uh but uh but yeah, so um yeah, it was a uh, it's it's been a lot a, a lot of that. I, I I've been helping my friend out at the bar that they that they own um a lot just to just to help him out, just because like a lot of the stuff over there like the guy works six days a week, so I was like, I gotta do something for him. Um and then uh I, with the wrestling, I am now like uh, like an actual producer on the show. I uh, yeah, like I produce live segments. I direct uh, a lot of promos. I have a lot of moving parts during my day now that I did not have before. But it is um, it is a lot of fun to to say the least.
1: I was <laughs> <laughs> thinking about that episode. Uh. But the sense is that you said that you kind of put one of your ideas kind of comes from that. Like obviously I also think the most famous part of that is the uh, the Steam Time skit. And I, I've joked for years, like, why is no wrestler thought of doing a variation of the Light Suplex and calling it the Aurora Borealis Plex?
0: <laughs> the Aurora Borealis. This time of year, this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. <laughs> Can I see it? No. No.
1: <laughs> like, I think it'd be awesome. Like, and um, if I, were you? If, if <laughs> I mean, if I was the commentator and someone did that and they called it that, I'd, I'd be so tempted to go like the Aurora Borealis at this time of year at this part of the show. localized entirely within that ring.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to do that if that happens on Saturday. No. <laughs> Tune in, ladies and gentlemen. IWTV Pro Wrestling Magic presents Journey to the Kingdom. Journey, our journey to Kingdom Come. It's one of those two things. They're named all after uh, Disney rides. So tune in for that, guys. It's going to be fucking great.
1: Uh, last question as we were out here what What are some of your kind of long term like, goals? Both when it comes to you know part of when it comes to being like a podcaster and in the world of wrestling as like like a commentator.
0: Um, I'd like to call a big like arena show. I think that's where I'm at uh professionally. Uh it's where I'd like to be it's it's where I'd like to be moving forward. I have a big uh I have a big like plan for where I would like to be in a few years and where that is is possibly I would oh uh, if I could call a wrestling show like at the Prudential Center one day that would probably uh, enable me to uh, die happy because I'm a big Devils fan. Uh, we unfortunately just lost our first game in 13 straight wins last night, uh, which was a bummer. But I'm not upset that it is over. I'm happy that it happened because the last few seasons for the Devils have been awful. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to call an arena show one day. I think that would be an insane amount of fun uh tony khan if you're still listening because i know you listen to every episode if you're listening put me on dark or something i'd love to do that um then definitely,
1: definitely don't listen to that that episode of selling it or wherever it was where they definitely did not insult the concept of dark
0: no of course not uh just you know put ring of honor on t- put me on ring of honor fuck i'll i'll call ring of honor like a motherfucker um anyway I would like to do that. Uh, and as far with uh, overall, my goal is uh, you ever watch like the Daily Show or last week tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my dream is to like host a show like that one day, like an editorial straight to camera uh, production piece like that. I think that would be the most fun I think I could ever have in my life because I love that style. And everything and I'm a little bit of a stand-up. I can do stand-up, but I think that format is like a ton of fun. And of course, go on the Price is Right and play planko That's I've had that dream since I was three years old. Nice, nice.
1: Well, everybody, that has been uh, one hell of a show. I mean, for two two thirds of the e team, it's relatively short, but it's long for some. But Jimmy, I'm so happy that we finally got the opportunity to do this and. It was a hell of a lot of fun to have you on, my friend.
0: It. Thank you for uh, for like like staying on me about it and making sure that we were able to do this because this was a lot of fun, a little therapeutic, and it was a uh, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. I wanted to make sure everybody understood why I was gone and that even though I'm back right now, if I go away, it's not because I don't I don't love you guys. It's just because life is life, you know. But and I really appreciate you uh, staying on it, man. And like I said, shouldering. This place when I was away and keeping everything fun and fresh and everything and uh, yeah, it's just thank you, man. It was a, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. It's good to be back.
1: Good, definitely, definitely good to have you back here. I do, I do sometimes talk for some people if they feel like talking about some. That's why I always ask people ahead of time, like if there's anything they don't want to talk about, because I wouldn't want to you know make anyone feel uncomfortable. But they're comfortable with it, talking about things, and I'm always happy to be here listening. You know. I I made I threw out my original opening to the show, which would which would definitely wouldn't have been I'm listening, because I thought that maybe a bit too on the nose. You know, but
0: oh, always, just live your Fraser dreams, you fucking you fucking Fraser Mark. Come on,
1: I definitely will not confirm or deny that amongst my collection I do or do not have a Fraser Funko Pop. But
2: mm, uh, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway but yeah I, I'm happy having you here and you know you mentioned the stuff you're working on a little bit, but we'll say it again for the people in the back you probably weren't listening, but uh go through your plugs uh put your feet up, people it, with me and Jimmy on here, the plugs could take a while, so Jimmy, as a guest I'll let you go first and give your plugs.
0: well, thank you, Scott, as always and uh if you guys uh are loving this and you aren't sick of my voice yet this saturday night it is my birthday show journey to kingdom come pro wrestling magic live six o'clock eastern standard time uh on iwtv independentwrestling.tv if you use the promo code magic m-a-g-i-c you get five free days when you sign up so if you're on the fence there's over a hundred promotions over there if you love independent wrestling if you love wrestling in general check us out we have a lot going on on this card AEW star Sonny Kiss will be in the building. We have a Dark Arts title match. We have a world title match. We have tag titles on the line. A lot of big implications coming for our biggest show of the year taking place December 31st. Kingdom Come Six. Um, and, and other than that, I'm Mr. Riot on the social media platform of your choosing, M-R-R-I-0-T, because as we discussed, Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. Uh, go over there, check it out. Follow me to find out what's going on in Pro Wrestling Magic. Find, find out what's going on with me in my life if you so give a shit. And then, of course, stick around here on Rogue Opinions because I pop in and we do a lot of fun shit. And, uh, oh yeah, Pro Wrestling Magic on the Twitter uh, is rest- at Wrestling Magic. Instagram is Pro Wrestling Magic and YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic for all of your Monday morning magic needs. And I believe if I look very quickly... It was somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 Monday morning magic episodes and 87 free matches that go over the course of our illustrious company's history. So uh, don't hesitate to check us out, ladies and gentlemen, Pro Wrestling Magic. And thank you, Scott, for having me here.
1: No problem. Thank you for joining. Remember, make sure you follow Pro Wrestling Magic and everything that Jimmy's doing and all I him on social media. You can get me on Twitter if you feel so inclined at Scott tonight. So you can get Rogue Opinions on Twitter and Instagram at Rogue underscore Opinions. You can get Scott Paul's Rallying Podcast at SP Rally. Both feeds uh, are available on all good Android podcast sites. That'd be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you choose to get your podcasts. We're available there. We've got good stuff here on Rogue Opinions. Uh, in Easy, with myself and Carl. We recently did an episode, uh, hopefully it'll be out by the time this is out. If not, it'll be up soon. About the recent, uh, show, it surely kind of flew under the radar, the Star Wars Tales of a Jedi series, the animated series that's now on Disney+. Plus. We had a little discussion about that. And we're eventually going to do Andor. We're not really looking forward to it. Uh, we've got Rogue Retro Smackdown. Myself and Paul, hopefully, the full 2000 review is up yet because it's one of the best shows like me and Paul have ever done <laughs> that show. I think Paul's really starting to get into the groove of 2000 Smackdown. And we're hoping to, uh, across December, barrel our way through the full build to SummerSlam so that we can come back and do SummerSlam right at the start of 2023 uh, also going pull around on that feed you have know, stuff about wrestling uh, current day and retro stuff we recently wrapped up Phaser season six and a lot Phaser review there we and very soon we're gonna have the first part and a series of retrospectives we're gonna have we've got a very special retrospective plan part one of which is coming out hopefully sometime in the mid next week. Uh, we're not going to do a part two until sometime in the new year but let's just say it's a very interesting we're leaving uh, the subject of the rich bed of mystery until the first episode actually goes live because we're very much looking forward and we're putting a lot of work in, into it but also jimmy mentioned earlier, full gear review me jimmy and nathan are going to be back very soon and we can all get together and review that as usual with rogue opinions when it comes to wrestling and movies and whatever we're always the last review you hear we, we, we wait until everyone else is giving you their
0: opinion and then we give you ours, whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, it's the last one you need, and the last one you're getting. <laughs>
1: That's perfect, and we hopefully will be doing some more stuff together. Well, uh, in the in the coming months, and Jimmy is hopefully back uh, on semi uh, regular schedule. But Jimmy, you know, this has been your show. Uh, you're the guest. Please tell the people what they're going to be hearing in their ear holes as we round out your little, uh, your little, your big boy. Now you've got your own entrance song and everything.
0: Yes, uh, this song uh, the, I just sent it over to Scott, so you're going to be hearing uh, the music I come out to every single month as Jimmy Riot. Uh, if you go on my Instagram, you can see me make my very first entrance uh, on uh, Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Magic Television. Uh, but it is called Spanish Bay by the Strawberry Girls. Uh, it's a great fucking song. If you love progressive rock uh so yeah enjoy ladies and gentlemen and if i may sign us off in the way that i always sign us off for the 18 podcast in the words of wacko warner good night everybody